Welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Hey, welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. I am Sahiba, and today we'll be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, Dino Dan, the complete series, Sherlock Gnomes, and Coming to My Senses. Right now, we're going to dive right in and speak to Benjamin and Abraham on Solo, a Star Wars story. Welcome to the show, guys. So, Benjamin, can you tell me a little bit about this film and what's it about? Um, it's basically about a young Han Solo, and he's a pilot, um, and he joins this crew led by this thief that's hired by this crime boss named Dryden Voss, and, um, a heist goes wrong, and then they have to assemble another crew of criminals, um, to do another heist to try to, um, escape the wrath of the crime boss. Ooh, sounds intense. Yeah, I watched this movie and I'm just going to say I, I thought it was very cool. So, um, Abraham, uh, can you tell me, like, did it, how did it make you feel? Was it funny? Was it sad? Was it a mixture? I thought it was a bit better than the other Disney Star Wars movies, except for The Force Awakens. I personally didn't like, um, Last Jedi or Rogue One. I thought those were both letdowns. And, but I did like this one. And I think it was a mixture of both funny and kind of not sad exactly, like, but like different moments, you know? Okay, very cool. And um, Benjamin, so what did you think of the acting? There were some pretty cool actors like Donald Glover, um, Elton Egren. Edwin Reich and Woody Harrelson. So what did you think? I thought Alden Ironike, who plays Han Solo, did a really good job. I mean, like, Han Solo is basically now one of the most, say, popular characters um, in movie history, practically. And um, I thought he did a good job of replicating the same kind of qualities that Han Solo had back in the original movies. And it was also just really cool to see Han Solo back on screen. Um, and I thought he did a very good job. I thought Donald Glover did a good job. But I really like Donald Glover, and I think he's done some great stuff. Um, so the fact that maybe, like, his performance wasn't 100% amazing kind of let me down a little bit. But uh, I thought he was pretty good, too. Um I just think that maybe, like, the voice for Lando was a little exaggerated. I also, I liked Woody Harrelson. Um, I thought he added something kind of different um, to this film that I haven't really seen in a lot of other Star Wars movies. Um, He's sort of like the opposite of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Like, he's kind of a mentor to Han Solo, um, but not really. So, yeah, I thought all the acting and the characters were really good. 
Yeah, very true. I like completely agree with you. And I think it's very difficult to have to um, sort of follow in the footsteps of a great actor like Harrison Ford. And I completely agree that Alton did a really great job. And so, um, Abraham, can you tell me a little bit about the backgrounds, the sets, and the places that um, Hansel and his comrades visited in this film? This film goes to a lot of planets, which I really liked. And it kind of clarifies a lot of things that were kind of referenced in the other Star Wars movies, but were never actually explained. For example, in, I think, episode five, he was like, um, Han Solo and Lando were talking about how Han Solo won, Han won the Falcon from Lando because of a card game, and it shows that in the film. And then yeah. they also... And then in some of the other Star Wars films, uh, Han Solo brags that he did the castle run in twelve parsecs, and then he act, and then this is uh, kind of how and why he did that run. It was to repay that uh, mob boss, giant boss. Yeah, I think it's really amazing how they really filled in the blanks, and for all. All the curious uh, Star Wars fans out there, there were some really, really cool moments where I was, like, cheering on, and yeah, it was great. So you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Solo, A Star Wars Story, Dino Dan Complete Series, Sherlock Gnomes, and Coming to My Senses. And right now I'm talking with Abraham and Benjamin about Solo. So I know you just said how... um, it's like really cool uh, connecting the old Star Wars movies and the new Star Wars movies. So, um, Benjamin, how would you compare um, the two um, older Star Wars movies and now Solo? Um, I think actually, I'm I'm not a huge Star Wars fan. Like, um, I'm in I'm into the movies. Like, I like them and appreciate them, but I'm not super. I'm not a hardcore Star Wars fan. Um, and I got exactly what I wanted for this movie. I just wanted to be entertained and have a good time. I think it is easily one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, and I liked it more than uh, Star Wars Episode Four and Episode Six. I think it's not as good as Episode Five, But, um, yeah, overall, I think it ranks pretty highly in um, the Star Wars universe for me. Awesome. Yeah, I think it was pretty awesome. And um, Abraham, so what was something that was unique and very different that Solo brought to the Star Wars franchise? For Solo, there wasn't too much, like, I guess, different from a Star Wars franchise, except for the fact it didn't really have a main antagonist. It was more of a heist movie in a way. Interesting. Yeah, that's very true. And um, did you have a favorite part or a character? Uh, my favorite uh, character was Dryden Voss, the um, kind of the main antagonist, the leader of Crimson Dawn. He was a very interesting character for the time he was in the movie. Yeah, I completely agree. And how about you, Benjamin? Did you have a favorite part or character? Yes, L3. Uh, L3 is Lando Calrissian's droid in the movie. Um, and I thought she was different than a lot of the droids. Um, 
And I like, I like, she has, the actress, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, has very good comedic timing. And it was um, kind of nice. It sort of reminded me of K2SO, um, the droid in Rogue One. I like that now the Star Wars universe is um, coming out with more droids who are more funny and comedic. Um, and I thought there were a lot of good gags at this character. And I wasn't really expecting to like this character a lot. So I think that's part of the reason they're my favorite part of them. Or they're my favorite character in the f- movie. Yeah, she was really, really hilarious. And um, I have to ask, because it's a Star Wars movie, and um, what did you think of the music? Because that's something that usually sticks out a lot. Um, I thought it was... Eh. I didn't, like, compared to the John Williams stuff that's, like, beautiful and iconic, it's not up there. I thought there were some good moments of music that I noticed, um, and I also liked that sometimes and like, moments that were leading up to the Star Wars movies, or, like, or the original Star Wars movies, or, like, some connection to them, they played the Star Wars theme really quietly. I thought that was cool, but overall, I just, it wasn't really that memorable, and, um... Yeah, especially compared to some of the other Star Wars movies, so. Yeah, I agree, but, um, and Abraham, um, what did you think about the makeup and costumes, especially it being such a futuristic movie? Um, I thought the makeup and costumes were actually pretty good. The small details on Dryan Voss's face, like the, I don't know what to call them, like scars, were I noticed they get darker every time he get more he get more angry, which was a, a subtle detail, but was really good. And the clothes looked very not futuristic, but kind of what you would expect in a Star Wars movie. Because if you remember, Star Wars always says a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. So it looked very authentic compared to uh, it looked more real than other Star Wars films in a way. I don't know if that's, like, the right word, even though, because they're all real, but, uh, yeah. it felt different, in a way. Yeah, I completely understand what you mean, and, um, finally, what would you say the age range and star rating would be? I think this movie is for ages 11 to 18, but adults will enjoy it as well, and I'd give it four out of five stars. Awesome. And how about you, Benjamin? What would you say the age range and star rating would be? Um, I'm going to give it also a 4 out of 5. Um, and I'm going to give it an age rating of 8 to 18. Um, I didn't think that there was that much. Um, there, it is a little intense in scenes. Um, and there is, I think, one or two um, occurrences of language. Um, but other than that, it, it's just, it's not that, there's nothing that terrible for, um, kids. I would just say that, like, five-year-olds or six-year-olds probably be a little scared by it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think that this was such a wonderful movie, and based on what Benjamin and Abraham saying, I'm sure that, um, it would be really awesome if you went to check it out. It's in theaters today, so be sure to add Solo to your list. Let's take a break. I'm Sahiba, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Super 4 Welcome to Gunpowder Island. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. 
To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. tuned in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel Shh, turn off your phone another movie review is coming up hey welcome back i'm sahiba and you're listening to kids first coming attractions we've been talking about solo and next we'll be talking with the wonderful imani um about dino dan so welcome to the show imani thank you for having me Thank you. So, can you tell me a little bit about the show and uh, what's it about? So, basically, Dino Dan Trek's Adventures is like a series about this kid named Trek Henderson, whose brother Dan went away helping his dad out with something. So, Trek basically just takes over the situation and like imagines himself like in a dinosaur world. And his goal is to just finish out all the adventures that Dan hasn't finished throughout his time. So it's just filled with a lot of adventures for the kids to enjoy and learn about dinosaurs. Very cool. That sounds adventurous. And so what did you think of the acting? Um, Jason Spivak, who plays Dino, I mean, sorry, who plays Dan, and um, Sydney Kuhn. I think the acting was okay for, like, a kid's show. I wouldn't say it's, like, the same as, like, in the movies, but... For the kids, I think they'll just enjoy it because of the concept of, like, how, like, what's happening and, like, dinosaurs. So I think they'll just be more excited about, like, the concept of the whole series. Very cool. And when you watched it, how did it make you feel? Was it really exciting? Was it funny? It was cute. I, like, when I was younger and when Dino Dan came out, it was, it wasn't my favorite show to watch, but, um just reviewing it again it's it's just pretty cute and like I think kids who love dinosaurs will love it and they'll even learn something new because he talks about a lot of different dinosaurs that like haven't that I haven't known about or like haven't been talked about a lot so that's pretty cool and educational that's very fun and um so what did you think of the sets and um the places that they visited visited in the series I think it was really cute it was like really modern like they would go to the park or like just at the house so they really tried to relate it to like real life and how kids could really just imagine themselves in the tv show so that was pretty cool 
Awesome. Yeah, I think that's like a great thing when uh, a TV show allows for a kid's imagination to really grow. And um, so what did you think about the music? The music was really, it was cute and like kid friendly. I think the kids will really like it and sing it along when the theme song comes on because it's their favorite show or whatever because it's just really kid friendly. And I, and I think that they'll just learn a lot from it about like dinosaurs and just the history of dinosaurs with a fun twist to it. Awesome. And so what did you think of the animation of um, the dinosaurs? I thought the animation was pretty good. Like they looked really real and it didn't look like fake as like sometimes it would in certain TV shows, but this one was really good and it made, it made it look like the, the dinosaurs were coming to life. So that was pretty cool. And that will get the kids really happy when watching the show. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. I think that's always very important. And uh, so what would you say was something that was very unique or different from other uh, shows that you've seen? I think just like the concept of the story, like I would, I never would have thought, um, there to be a show really about a kid imagining dinosaurs and like talking about them throughout their daily life. I think that was pretty um, cool, but also funny because I wouldn't have expected that. But that's definitely different because I've never seen one of those shows before besides this one. But um, other than that, it was cool because it had a fun twist to it, but also like had some education in it since a lot of kids shows when I was growing up didn't have that all the time. So that's cool. Awesome. Yeah, this sounds like a really fun, educational, and just adventurous show. You're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Solo, A Star Wars Story, Dino the Complete Series, Sherlock Gnomes, and Coming to My Senses. And right now I'm talking with Imani about Dino Dan. So I know you just said how it's like really fun and um, it's unique uh, because of the dinosaurs. And so what is something that you learned watching the series? I think just like how many different dinosaurs there are that I haven't like heard of. Like I usually just think it's like the typical ones like the T-Rex and all of that. But there was a lot of different dinosaurs that was mentioned in the um, episodes that like I've never heard of before. So I think that's really educational for the kids to learn about. I might really just want them to learn more. So that's cool. Yeah, that's awesome. And so uh, was there anything that you didn't like in particular about Dino Dan? Um, well, I guess since it's like for my age, it's not really like something I would watch now. But like, I think it was cute. Just I, I think the storyline could have been developed a little bit maturely like in a little more mature way to like pan out to different ages um but it's definitely cute for kids like on the younger side but like older than 10 probably wouldn't enjoy it as much as younger than that very cool and um so what would you say your favorite episode was i would say i like the episode trek Rex because he's basically trying to figure out what kind of costume he wants to go to a party and he just incorporates a lot of dinosaurs throughout the day and trying to figure out which one he would choose. Oh, that sounds adorable. And um, so what messages uh, were in this show that um, stuck out to you? Um, I think just like the overall message of the 
series is that like just to be okay with having a creative imagination and just to share with others like a lot of these days some kids get teased for having an imaginary friend or like just imagining stuff and that shouldn't be the case because when you're young you should really embrace it and just embrace your childhood live it out because it's not going to be there forever so just like be a child and be happy with being a child and just have a really good imagination well, that's wonderful. And I know the show has been on for a really long time. And compared to the first time when you were a child and you saw it till now, how has your sort of opinion changed about it? I think it's probably the same because I didn't really watch it as much when I was a child because I wasn't really into the dinosaurs and all of that. But I think that it's probably the same and I think it's just cool how they incorporated some education into it because most of the shows I was watching didn't have that all of the time as much as Dino Dan did so that's a really good aspect awesome and so what was your favorite part of like the whole series oh I think just like the education like I just really like how that was incorporated because I just found it like I learned a lot so, and I just like learning. So I think that's my favorite part of the whole series, just learning throughout every episode. Awesome. And finally, what would you say that the age range and star rating would be? Um, I rate Dino Dan Trek's Adventures three out of five stars because I really like the storyline. It was pretty cute. I think it could have been like a little more mature, but it was nice. And I like the cast, the um, imagination and a lot more. And I think the age range would be 5 to 10 because that's, like, it's on the younger side. And I don't think anyone older than 10 would enjoy it as much as the younger side would. Awesome. Thank you so much uh, for talking with me, Imani. It was such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So be sure to check out Dino Dan today on DVD. Let's take a break. I'm Sahipa and you're listening to the Kids First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Super 4. Welcome to Gunpowder Island. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You 
are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, and Dino Dan, the complete series. And next, we'll be talking with Lucia, age 19, from New York, and Damon, age 10, from New York, about Sherlock Gnomes. So, Damon, what did you think of sh- about Sherlock Gnomes? I like Sherlock Gnomes because I don't see many of the animated good versus evil movies, and this is one of them. Um, Lucia, what did you, what is exactly Sherlock Gnomes about? Sherlock Gnomes is basically, Sherlock Gnomes is about how Gnomeo and Juliet, they, they're trying to save their gnome friends, and they, with the help of Sherlock Gnomes and Watson, they, um, they team together to find them, and also defeat the evil pie company, logo um Moriarty basically saved the world and saved the gnomes from from Moriarty um Damon who is your favorite character in this film my favorite character is Benny because he was really good at tech but then in every other almost every other scene he's really clumsy I think that's really funny yeah, no, it's kind of weird how you could be smart and then all of a sudden act really clumsy. Yeah, I think my favorite was Sherlock Gnomes. I thought he was really good, but yeah, no, Benny's a close second for me. Um, Lucia, what did you think about the animation in this film? I thought the animation was brilliant because I already saw, I'm pretty sure I did see uh, Nomeo and Juliet before. And and when when you mention about about your favorite character, my favorite character is also uh, Sherlock Gnomes because I've seen every single movie that Johnny Depp was in, like almost every single movie that Johnny Depp was in, and, and he never disappoints me with his condescending condescending British accent. is very funny to me. Um, now this movie has a large voice cast. I mean, you got Johnny Depp, you got James McAvoy, you got Emily Blunt. So, Damon, how do you think the voice cast did as a whole overall? Oh, all the voices sounded like they were actually feeling what the characters were feeling, and they were doing what the characters were doing. So, it all the voices sounded real. And Lucia, this is... Quite a um, different story from um, Nomeo and Juliet, the first one. And it's sort of shifting from romance to mystery. Um, yeah. Do you think they shifted the story well? And did you feel like it was different enough from the original to make the sequel feel fresh and new? Um, I feel like I haven't really seen... Uh, I haven't really seen Nomeo and Juliet ever since the... Nomeo and Julia came out, but I felt like it was very good how they how they shifted from being romantic and married until uh, it it changed from being kind of dark 
and gloomy. Not really dark and gloomy, but um, but like mysterious. And I like I liked how they they shifted uh, to to that thing because I like I like um, I like uh, mysteries and like like all kinds of different mysteries and they're really fun to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. I like how it went from being all lovey-dovey and stuff to sort of completely different and all um, dark and ominous and stuff. Uh, you were listening to Kids First, Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids Network. Today we're talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, Dino Dan, the complete series, Sherlock Gnomes, and Coming to My Senses. And right now I'm talking to Luch. Chia and Damon about Sherlock Gnomes. All right, so let's continue. Um, Damon, there are quite a few action scenes in this movie, and that's to me that's not really normal for an animated movie. So, um, how do you feel uh, it was seeing action scenes in uh, animation? I I think it was a a breather because I in the animated movie I've seen they. It, they're usually just like loads of just cartoon. Everything's happy. Nothing bad is gonna happen. You know it's gonna end well. But this one was suspenseful, like all mystery movies. That and I really like that. So the action scenes helped this one become a better movie. I'd agree with that. Yeah, for sure. I think it makes it more exciting and more intense. Yeah. Um, so Lucia, um, what did you think about the villain in this film, who's a very different version of Moriarty from what people are used to? I thought Jamie Demetrio was phenomenal. All through the movie, I kept trying to, uh, think of his name because Jamie Demetrio sounds just like this actor for, for the voiceover, and I, and I was trying to think of it, but it just never came to mind. But I thought, but I thought him being a villain was—I never even seen Jamie Demetrio in any in any movie, so I thought that was really good uh, for his acting. And Damon, um, I'm curious. So, from what I remember from seeing this movie, there are quite a few little twists here and there. And without spoiling them, can you um, talk about how effective they were for you? Like, were you surprised by them? I was kind of surprised with with some of the the twists, but not all of them. I just I wasn't really surprised about what about who was going to survive in the end or something like that. But there's a lot of twists, like people looking like they're dead. Okay. Yeah, from what I remember, that's pretty accurate. So, Lucia, um, there are a lot more characters in this movie than the first one. Um, and do you think the movie suffered because of having many more characters, or did it lift it up to new heights? I think it did lift up uh, for new heights because so many more characters were were named, and and also. A lot of the music um, were were really cool. There was like a really funny. Um, there there was a really funny uh, character 
even though this character didn't talk, it was just like a photograph of him. It was it it was a uh, picture of a gnome dressed up as uh, Elton John, and I and I thought that was really funny because most of the most most of the songs for the transitions from one scene to another were all Elton John songs, like like many of his hits, like I'm Still Standing, uh, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting, and uh, Don't Go Breaking My Heart. And they, and and all the other characters, like Emily Blunt was great, Jamie, Jamie Demetrio, and uh, James McAvoy, they were all great. Um, Damon, what is the lesson of Sherlock Gnomes, if there is one? The lesson of Sherlock Gnomes is to never treat your partner bad or take advantage of them, because consequences might happen if you do so. Um, Lucia, what age rating would you give Sherlock Gnomes? I gave it, uh, 7 to 18 because... It's fun for the whole family to watch, and I think I think uh, uh, adults will like it too because of all the celebrities that that they know, and 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 the celebrities that I know too. Um, and finally, Damien, what age rating would you give this movie? I meant star rating. Excuse me. I rate this movie five out of five stars because of. How much, how much I I love mystery and and animated mystery is just combining the the two of the things I like to watch. So it and it has a good storyline too. So I like this movie. Alrighty, well with that, uh, let's take a break. I'm Benjamin from Washington D.C. and you're listening to Kiss First Coming Attractions. Today's show is sponsored by Super Four. Welcome to Gunpowder Island. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. To become a Kids First film critic, enter one of our local campaigns running throughout the year or join our national campaign this fall. We are looking for kids ages 7 to 16 who love movies, love talking about movies, and love the chance to see movies before anyone else does. All you need to do to enter is submit a written and videotaped review of one of our selected films and then reach out to your friends and family to vote for you. This summer, join us at one of our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps in three cities, New York, Washington, D.C., and Martha's Vineyard, where you can learn how to critique films and practice your on-camera and acting skills. Check it all out at www.kidsfirst.org. Think you have what it takes to be one of America's next film critics? Just visit kidsfirst.org for more information. Hurry, our Kids First Film Critics Boot Camps are filling up fast. Join our team of youth reporters and help us help other kids make smart decisions about the movies they choose to go see. At Kids First, we believe that smart kids make smart consumers. You're listening to Voice America Kids, now with 33% more active ingredients and no artificial coloring. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh. 
Turn off your phone. Another movie review is coming up. Hey, welcome back. I'm Benjamin from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. We've been talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, Dino Dan, the complete series, Sherlock Gnomes, and next we'll be talking with Talia about Coming to My Senses. So, how is it going today? It's going great. Thank you so much for having me on the show. So, um, Coming to My Senses, what did you think? I absolutely love this film. I mean, I've seen a couple documentaries this year, and this has to be my favorite one. It's honestly such an inspiring story, and it's really beautiful, and I just absolutely love this film. Um, what is Coming to My Senses about? So it's basically a documentary about a former motorcyclist named Aaron Baker who breaks his neck in a motorcycling accident, and he come, and he becomes completely paralyzed. And the doctors say that he has a million to one chance of ever being able to feed himself. But um, he chooses to ignore what they say and people who doubt him. And he ends up um, being able to walk and feed himself on his own. Wow, that sounds really inspiring. Um, I'm curious. So sometimes when I watch a documentary, which is pretty rarely, to be honest, um, Sometimes it feels like, oh, maybe this shouldn't have been an entire movie. Um, did you feel that with this film? Um, yeah, I completely agree with you. A lot of times I kind of get bored through documentaries. I'm like, okay, this is kind of repetitive. But the really like extraordinary thing about this one in particular is that it's it's pretty like humorous. And I was not at all expecting that just because it's a pretty serious topic like spinal cord injury and just a lot of people face it in America. But um, Aaron Baker, the person who the documentary is about, is such a funny guy and he's so silly and he makes he makes light of his situation. Which is really interesting to me and made me not get bored at all watching this film. Yeah, no, it's not with this movie's general idea. It's not. I don't expect like jokes in the middle. Um, did you feel as if? Well, did you feel like in um this? Did the jokes ever take you out of the movie? Like maybe after this super deep, inspiring, sad moment, did you feel like a joke right after that took you out of the film, or just um immersed you more in it? I think it immersed me more in it, just because. I was like, oh, gosh, this is such a serious topic. Like, wow. But then he kind of just puts a little joke in there. He kind of not really. He he kind of makes fun of himself a little bit, which is like a nice trait to have just to like because that's a very like playful thing. And it's just fun to watch someone like that. So it didn't really take me out completely of the film. It just kind of added on to like my interest in it. Um, now I understand that, uh, the, the main, I almost, not person, but the subject of this documentary goes on this 20 mile trek across Death Valley. And that is like his final sort of proving people that he can walk and he's self-sufficient. So, um, with the location like that, uh, how was this documentary shot and was it well shot? Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. I mean, um, definitely that was one of, like, the main focuses was his 20-mile um, walk over Death Valley. And, I mean, it was beautiful. Death Valley, if, I don't know if you've seen it, but it, it's a really beautiful place to shoot films. So, definitely, it was, there was a lot of different camera angles. They edited it really nice. And, yeah, it just flew really nice. But um, 
like throughout the film, they kind of went back to Death Valley. So it was kind of talking about his past and then they would take it back to present where he was like on this journey. So I really liked how they did that. Now, with so many moments of comedy did, um, and also really deep, inspiring moments, did you have a favorite part of this movie? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, there's one scene where he just got injured from his mo- motorcycle accident, and he's in the hospital, and his sister decides to paint his toenails like a rainbow color. And at first, he's super frustrated, and he's like, what are you doing? But then eventually he kind of looks at his toes and starts visualizing which one he wants to move. And then he discovers that he's able to move his toes. And like, this is after the doctor said, you're never gonna be able to like move anything again. You're always gonna be dependent on people. But this is kind of the beginning of, um, of his recovery. And it's really funny and it's also really heartwarming, which I really like. And I love how it could be both of them. Um, how would you describe, like, why did you find this story so inspiring? Um, I think it, I think I found it really inspiring just because, um, like this guy, he's this crazy athletic person who's super independent. And then all of a sudden this, like his body gets just like ripped from him because he's just so used to doing everything on his own. And now he has to become so dependent on people. And it's just like his journey of becoming like what he was again. So I just think it, and also it was over 16 years, which is crazy to me, how he didn't give up, how he kept on going. And even though he had a one in a million shot, which is insane, he just, he didn't let anybody tell him that he couldn't do it. He just, he just did it on his own, which is really inspiring to me. Oh man, I'm really going to have to check this out. You were listening to Kids First coming attractions on the voice america kids network today we're talking about solo star wars story dino dan the complete tv series sherlock gnomes and right now we're talking with talia about coming to my senses so let's get back into the interview um did you have a favorite sort of person that was in this movie other than um the main subject of this documentary um, yeah, I really um, liked his mother. His mother is like a really strong, independent woman. And so she, be- when Aaron was a boy, she um, got divorced with her husband. So she basically had to kind of raise him on her own. And the-, the dad was in the picture a little bit, but she was just a really strong person. I loved her a lot. And I loved how their relationship really progressed as, um, as his as he was in the hospital and, and how he was recovering. And yeah, there's like one scene where um, his mom like has this like breaking point and she ends up kind of driving and she's drunk driving, but then she gets, she goes to jail at one point, but then she gets out and she meets his, her son at a bus station and her, and Aaron's just like, don't like, if you need to have a break, then just go on your own. But then she says, you, you might not need me, but I need you. And, oh, I just love that thing so much. And she's just, she's just like a really strong female character, which I, I really loved about her. What is the main lesson in this movie, um, considering it's about, you know, defying what people think you can do? Yeah, I definitely think that's one of the many messages in it. But um, another one is definitely, definitely just like defying the odds. And just do what you believe. Don't listen to what others think. And like you're able to, you're you're 
you're so much more capable than you think you are. Yeah, man, I, like, just you talking about some of the most inspiring parts of this movie uh, really makes me want to see it. Now, I'm curious, so it sounds like he starts off um, doing motorcycle scenes. So did you feel like any part of this movie before, and and did you feel like the parts before this accident, um, did they ever go on too long, considering the movie is mostly about um, after and how he recovers from the accident? Um, I feel like they did have a good combination. I mean, the beginning was a lot of him just like on the motorcycle and it was like a slow-mo of this, the motorcycle rolling and the dirt flying up. But I feel like that was a good kind of beginning. Then you could understand how much of a passion he had for motorcycling and how that kind of just got ripped away from him once he became paralyzed. So I feel like they definitely needed the motorcycle scenes and the before. So I think it was a good combination. Um, I'm curious. So the Death Valley scene, it sounds like it's the big, like almost climax of this movie and very inspiring. So watching that scene, or let me rechange that. Did this film have an emotional effect on you? And if so, how? Yeah, it definitely did. Um, throughout, like, when I was just watching, I was like, oh, my gosh, how does someone do this? I mean, this is crazy. And it definitely, like, put my life into perspective, saying, oh, my gosh, if he can do this, then I'm capable of so much. And, yeah, and when I was watching it, um, my sister also passed, and she was like, what are you watching? That looks amazing. I'm like, I know, this is actually, like, such a great movie. And so we were both, like, oh, gosh, this is such an inspiring movie. And we learned, like, a ton of lessons from this. What age rating would you give Coming to My Senses? Um, I would give it 14 to 18 and definitely above that, just because there's there's um, some harsh topics, such as, like, depression. Some family members go through some hardships. So I definitely think that if you're younger, then it might be um, difficult to – understand that for just smaller children um but definitely if you're above that age you'll really enjoy this it's really inspiring and influential cool and yeah finally um what is what star rating would you give coming to my senses definitely a five out of five stars oh it's just such a beautiful story i'm definitely never gonna forget this one yeah it just blows my mind how he's able to basically fully recover from such a such a terrible injury. Well, thank you for talking um, with me about this film today. I'm like, yeah, I'm really just going to have to go watch this like right after this. Um, thanks so much for joining us. You have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions to watch our latest reviews of the latest films, DVDs, TV shows, music and apps and to learn how you can join our Kids First Film Critics team go to www.kidsfirst.org. Be sure to check out our blog in the teen section of Huffington Post and check out our YouTube channel. You can get there easily from our homepage at kidsfirst.org. This show is produced by the Coalition for Quality Children's Media for the Voice American Kids Network. Today's show is sponsored by Super 4, Welcome to Gunpowder Island. I'm Benjamin from Washington, D.C. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
you again for tuning in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Now you know more about which movies are playing and can make an informed decision. Tune in again next week.